Welcome to Seemingly Ordinary. It's a podcast where I interview people who on the surface appear to be pretty ordinary, but underneath the surface, they have amazing things going on. Emily Mushinsky loves to dance, and she loves to travel. In previous episodes, I asked her about both because she's led something of an extreme life. She's danced professionally in Hungary and America, and she's lived in Panama. She's traveled to the jungle. She met snakes and monkeys. Then she went to college in the Netherlands. She's been to Ethiopia and India, and she's forming a dance and yoga company called Blank Verse. Blank Verse says, well, I actually don't want to say too much about it. I want to let Emily say it all. Hey, Emily. Hey, Tim. Well, what is Blank Verse? What gave you the idea for Blank Verse? So Blink First is a nonprofit organization that seeks to build community uh, by utilizing uh, dance and movement, and um, all, it's all grounded in faith. Okay, what gave you the idea for Blink First? So my idea for Blink First goes back a long time ago, almost 10 years ago when I was in the jungles of Panama, actually. I was put in charge of um, organizing a vacation Bible school, VBS, like program for kids and as this teenager I had no idea what I was doing so I had to think quick on my toes and I said I like to dance I'm just gonna dance and there were all these kids around they spoke Spanish I did not speak Spanish and so I just started dancing and it began as sort of like a follow the leader sort of game where I danced they followed and then eventually it became into just naturally it morphed into this um, like organized sort of dance class. I have no idea how that happened, but I, as we were going on, I just felt this like almost surreal calling. And I, I now know that that was God that was kind of calling me, saying, this is, this is what I need to do. Um, I need to bring dance and I need to, to make these connections um, with people, not just for myself, but for, for communities in general. I think this is just incredible. So you're just with a bunch of kids, you're a teenager, you're in Panama, you don't speak Spanish, and then just all of a sudden you're, you're communicating with them through motion. Uh, I guess you're thinking on your toes like a dancer. Aha, yeah. <laughs> this idea just pops, it just absolutely yeah. pops. And this has been kind of my experience with people is that you find out that the thing that they really want to do probably happened before they were 18, sometimes before they were 12. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could understand that. I mean, look at me now. I'm, I'm 25 years old, and I still am holding on to this thing that I, that I felt when I was 14 years old, and I'm trying. <laughs> Honestly, I just don't think it'll go away. I don't um, think so either. And yeah. I shouldn't use myself as an example, but I think when I was maybe about five or six, I had some things that just sort of leaned me toward being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then I taught college English for 20 years, but I, didn't, I really don't want to do that anymore. And I've taught social studies for about seven or eight, and I've taught personal finance for a while, and I also taught math for about 15 years. And it's teaching people, it's students, that I'm really wanting to connect with, it's not necessarily a particular subject. I can get hooked on a subject for 10 years, but it's it's not, I, I just didn't get hooked on social studies. That was not present when I was five years old, sure. but the teaching aspect was present. 
So I just, I don't, I shouldn't use myself as an example. It's just that I've seen other people kind of do the same thing. And so I, I'm just amazed at your story. Um, just because it took place so far away. Yeah, yeah. Why is it called Blink Verse? So Blink Verse, I, <laughs> I came up with this name. I, I had been thinking about a name for months. And again, it was one of those things where I just woke up and I said, aha, this is the name, you know. Um, I took it into two parts. So Blank Verse, B-L-A-N-K, is a um, form of poetry. Uh, uh, a poetic form. I'll just leave it at that for now. Um, and so I wanted it to be something that was kind of symbolic, maybe a little bit of a pun because I, I think I'm clever. But um, blink, the first part of that, I took um, to be like an eye and to find the individual beauty in, in the eye, right? So everybody has a different eye, whether it be color, shape, all of these things. And I really wanted to encapsulate the um, power of um, the individual. God creates everybody in his image, but with a very different, like, unique quality, right? Um, so that's that's the first part. And then verse kind of ties in that, um, well, two different things here. So the art, the artistry behind what it is that we want to do. Verse, you can think poetry, or you can also lead it back to scripture as well, where you think um, like Bible verse. So we have blink verse, there's movement in that, there's the individuality of people. And then there's also the um, <laughs> the beauty of, of um, just having it be something that, that is shared together, so. Emily was kind of laughing for a second there because uh, she's got this humongous dog and uh, the dog was just nosing me from head to toe as I'm sitting here the whole time. Very, very friendly dog. So just kind of funny. Oh, she's very friendly, yes. So she is now on, on our bed. Hopefully she feels privileged to be there and will stay. So <laughs> That's just absolutely great. So, okay, so you must have seen a lot of need out there as well for Blank Verse. Um, just tell me a story. Yeah, so um, the, <laughs> the, the feeling not only that I got when I was in Panama that very first... Um, time that I, I experienced this, which was just in, in all just humility. I did not feel equipped to be doing what I was doing. And I know that that is how God was able to work through me, which is something that I really believe in. If, if you're always doing something to the, <laughs> if you're always doing something that you can accomplish on your own, then God is not going to be present in there, if that makes sense. So you have to right. do something outside of your comfort zone in order to be able to be used as an instrument by him. Yeah, um, and, and everybody has to start from zero. Everybody absolutely. starts as a baby, so people have to learn, but some people want to keep learning, and right. then other people maybe don't. Yeah, yeah. So I, I always want to keep learning, and I think that's something that's that's really important about um, Blink First as, as a concept. Um, and as far as... So that's the feeling inside me, that I, I needed to find that humility, I needed to, to be able to share what it is that my gifts were. Um, and then from the other side, I was able to see how this was affecting other people. And Blinkverse is pre our, our market, so to speak, we're, we're trying to bring um, dance and movement education to people who would not have these resources to begin with. So mm. to be able to bring something that 
um, this community would either one, never have access to, or two, never be able to afford in any, any way. Um, being able to provide that service to, to a community was, was just wonderful. And I got to see through their eyes that this is something that, that everybody should have. I think that art is <laughs> a human right, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be able to have access to art. And um, movement in general just provides that healthy lifestyle that, that everybody needs to, to um, have. <laughs> well, I agree completely. It's participatory art, sure. which is oftentimes more fun, more engaging, more satisfying, just more enriching yeah. than, than maybe just art that I observe. Uh, which, you know, hands off to anybody who's out there observing arts because I'm just completely in favor of that too. Yeah. But if you can create it or if you can create it with others, it's just such a wonderful feeling. And then the physicality of it. Do you think um, that people just are improved if they have some sort of physicality where they have to be disciplined to do it? You know, like if you start taking up dance, you are going to trip over your own feet. Sure. Quite a bit. And so dance will discipline you. Yoga will discipline you. Or if I take, say, a martial arts or, I don't know, something along those lines, if I start training for like half marathon, there's a physical discipline that's very humbling. Sure. Do you think people really benefit from that humbling? I, I think that they do. Um, I mean, if, if you want to become good at anything, there has to be a, a matter of discipline that goes with that, right? You can't just wake up and say, all right, today's the day I'm running a marathon. There has to be a, a sort of preparation that goes into that. So it's, it's having that motivation in the moment that you're ready to do it. So it's, I don't know, 7.30 in the morning. This is the time that I'm going to go run. But it's also having that, um, that vision of, of time in the future saying, I'm going to do this in this amount of time and I'm going to keep working on it. So it's not only, I want this to happen, but it's every day I'm going to commit to this and, and make this happen. So it's that, that kind of discipline, which training and dance specifically has been something that has of course been it, discipline is a huge part of that you can't say that you're going to be a dancer and never dance on a daily basis yeah, or dance about, once a week or dance once a week exactly i mean if you want to dance for fun like dancing once a week that that's awesome and that's a great way to just build like bring some joy into your life i suppose but if you want to become a professional dancer you have to be dancing all the time, but with any trade, really. I mean, a musician, you must be playing music. It, it doesn't just happen. You can't just say you're a musician and not play music. Well, and, and I just find all of these practices to be extremely humbling from the standpoint that when you start, you are thinking, well, maybe in six months I'll be here, or mm -hmm. maybe in a year I'll be here. But no matter how hard you work, there's no guarantee that you're actually going to reach that level of physicality that you right. really want. And so it's joyful and yet it's also just an extreme challenge. Yeah. And then I found that spilled over into the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So if I were training for a marathon, for example, I would find that at least I think it did. I think it made me more humble as a teacher. Sure. And it made me more humble as, as just a human in yeah. general. Yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, you're going to do something, right? You've, decided that you're going to be committed to this. However, if passion is not there consistently, then you, it's going to be a dreadful thing that you have to do, right? Another discipline, cleaning the house. You don't have to 
<laughs> you don't have yeah. to love that, but it has to be done. But I don't, to find joy in that, you're, you're never, maybe, I mean, I, I love doing laundry, but that, that's a different conversation to have. Um, but dishes, for example, I hate that. <laughs> so, so I still have to do it. So it's a different type of discipline, but one that is necessary, not one that brings me joy. So if you're going to add something to your life, to make your life um, better and, and more more full and um, filled uh, of joy, I suppose, then, yeah, you want to keep that passion as, as a part of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, discipline equals freedom. Yeah. I just really believe that, and I get that from Jocko Willink, you know, sure. who's a great author, great podcaster, just sure. great Navy SEAL, just great everything. <laughs> um, wonderful husband, apparently, to his wife and great father to his four children, just a great man in general. But discipline equals freedom. Mm -hmm. So what happened next with Blank Burst? So, I mean, you, you get this idea and uh, just, I guess, tell the evolution. Of yeah. It. Um, so I I didn't do anything with it for a long time. Um, I mean, I was 14 years old. What do you what do you do with an idea like that? I don't know. Um, but it just continued to grow in, in what it was that I wanted to do. Um, I found an organization which is still a brilliant organization. I'll, I'll drop their name. It's called Juntos Collective. It's J-U-N-T-O-S. And Juntos is uh, Spanish for together. Oh, okay. So um, they... They built their organization around the ideas of art, community, and um, dance. And they, they work as like a cultural exchange sort of platform. So um, when I was in college, I decided to um, join Juntos and go on some trips with them. And they just happened to be going to Central America, which was already one of my favorite regions in the world because of Panama. So. With them, I traveled to uh, Guatemala, Costa Rica, and Nicaragua, and I got this experience of being <laughs> being an ambassador um, of dance and also kind of of America in some ways if we were do taking that cultural exchange um, route. And yeah, we would go and we would connect with communities in these places that we were going. They would teach us some dances from their culture, which was very fun uh, just to learn and difficult as well. I mean, they've got these big skirts if you're a woman and like learning how to do that and then also dance in heels, it, it's a lot. Um, and then we would also teach them like contemporary modern ballet techniques. And it was just a beautiful way to, to connect with people without knowing the language. And again, that was something that I had, I had felt when I was 14 years old was, wow, dance speaks. It, you don't need to, to use words all the time because dance is a powerful language and on its own. So I was really inspired by um, my travels that I, I took with Juntos. And I was wondering how I could, after college, um, kind of continue this, but in, in my own way. And something that is um, specific about Blink First is that connection that, that I personally have with my, my faith in, in Jesus Christ. And so I wanted to bring that um, also into this, um, this idea of, of dance and movement and um, sharing community and, and building faith and all of these things. So 
Um, long story short, I graduated college, I got married, and then I said, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, so let's start a nonprofit. Hmm. And that's, that's when Boink Verse was born. Okay, I'm already not making any money. <laughs> exactly. I, might as, I might as well keep going, you know? And yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the quick evolution of, of what Blink Verse um or how Blink first came to be. Oh, you just said so many good things, and I'm just thinking dance speaks. I think that was just my favorite noun and verb in the whole thing, dance speaks, and I just pictured you looking at these people in Juntos that you were dancing with, and people suddenly smiling at each other, mm -hmm. and people laughing at various things, and uh, people being dazzled when a move goes right, and then people you know, just laughing again when a move goes wrong and just this connection that gets developed yeah. uh, through physical... Well, they always say like 93% of communication is through body language anyway and non-verbals. Yeah. So I guess dance really would underscore that idea. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it totally does. And I think the beauty of that um, regarding like communities themselves. So... When, when we were traveling together, um, it would be, oh, five to eight um, university students that were all studying dance in these trips. So we would go and we would learn ahead of time some um, repertoire that we would then perform in, in different uh, venues. And so we had to work together as a team. And that itself brought so much... Um, <laughs> both uh, trials, errors, but then we also had a lot of successes. And anytime that you're you're working together in that sort of atmosphere, you're going to build bonds, right? And those just continue to, to deepen over time as you experience more together. And traveling alone, if, if you travel, that's the best way to get to know anybody. You take them outside of their comfort zone and you put them on an airplane in a land where you don't speak their language, you're, you're going to have to rely on people, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're pushing people to their edge. And yeah. that's when I suppose you find out uh, when they're patient, when they're impatient, sure. yeah. when they're creative, when they're crying. Absolutely. So you really, you get to see true colors, so to speak. Um, so we, we found this like three-part growing of community. We've, we felt that our little community was growing just as the participants in this program. We could see when we were working with a community uh, that had invited us in that they were getting closer because they were learning together um, from us. And uh, they were experiencing those same things that we were, those trials, successes, all, all of these things, which was really cool to see them work together. But then there was this third community that bridged both of those groups mm. where we were now, we're learning from them, they're learning from us, and we are <laughs> one people, so to speak, you know? And it, it was just this beautiful image of, of unity and as being a human race, which is, is super cool. I love it. Yeah. So where is Blank Burst today or where do you want to take mm -hmm. it, say, over the course of the next, mm, you know, year or two? Yeah. Um, so Blank Burst has, <laughs> has been a roller coaster since its inception, which has, has had some tremendous blessings, but also a lot of um, frustrations, as would be expected with a new nonprofit. But um, it started off very project-based. So for example, we would do like, I, I went abroad to, to Budapest and we lived there for a year. So of course I brought Blinkverse with me and there was this 
opportunity to do a music video for a Christian singer who lived in Canada. Wow. And then I found a videographer that was Hungarian. So it was Canadian, Hungarian, and American all working together. It was really, really a, a special time. Um, so we would just take on small projects like that. I would try to enter into some local um, dance shows just to kind of continue um, getting Blinkverse out there, you know. And um, since then, I have moved back in 2019. What year are we in? 2019, I moved back. Wow. We're in 2020, <laughs> which is the yeah. year from hell. Oh, yeah. Whoa. So in 2019. Which was like a Garden of Eden compared to this. <laughs> I know, right? It's funny how just a couple months can change things, but you know, a couple days at that. But um, we we were able to, um, through the generosity of um, my, my father specifically, but, but his company, um, ETC Institute, they have a building that they rent out to um, nonprofits. And so we now have a actual studio location, which I never, ever foresaw Blinkfirst being something that was in a place. So that completely rocked my world and, and <laughs> what Blinkfirst could do. So since then, um, we have been trying to, to have like smaller classes, um, private lessons as, as well, just in dance, in yoga, um, just to, to have like a, a safe space for people to come and, and, and to practice and to, to meet people and just be together, you know. Because um, sometimes, I mean, gyms are intimidating, right? Yeah. Or if you're trying something new, like a yoga class, but you've you've never been to a studio, you, you want to be somewhere where you're safe. So. Right. Everybody else knows yeah. every single pose for an hour-long session, except yeah. for you. Exactly. You're the brand and, new person. Yeah. And I wanted I wanted it to be a place where people felt open to, to ask questions, to to share their, their life, I guess, without sounding too cheesy. But um, yeah, so we started that. We had some minimal successes, uh, and it, it's just frustrating to, to start to build something new. Oh, you for know? sure. So for you, sure. You There's get, so many bits and starts. <laughs> absolutely. You get those um, obstacles and just building like a whole schedule of when people would be able to come and, and what the need is. So it, that is still something that I am, I'm working on with Blinkverse to see if we can get classes and I mean right now during 2020 mm -hmm. we are in an era of social distancing and it, so this is not I feel like the right time to start those in-person classes um so <laughs> that being said we have um a more uh, heavy focus right now on private lessons which is one-on-one -on -one because that's able to be done in a safe way and um, that's up to all the guidelines in in our state so yeah, right now, okay. Blinkverse is at the private lesson stage where, <laughs> where we are taking people um, in and really trying to serve them on an individual basis. And yeah. I have found as a lifelong teacher that tutoring is oftentimes just as fun, sometimes more fun than having a whole class. You can have a class yeah. of 20 people or you can tutor one, two, or three people. I, I just find tutoring to be exhilarating. Yeah. And are, are you finding it exhilarating? I am. I am. So I, I have always been somebody that likes um, genuine connection. So <laughs> I, I enjoy talking with a person one-on-one -on -one and, and really getting to know them and, and their struggles and um, 
Yeah, I, I think that that's a really important thing. If I'm going to ever help somebody to reach their goals, I want to know where it is that they are. Mm. I don't want to just kind of be searching around in the dark trying to fix a, a, an issue or, or help them to reach a goal without really knowing what the core things are about them. Do, do people show up at a blink burst yoga or blink burst mm-hmm. dance and do they actually know what they want or do they just have this vague idea, hey, I would like to dance? You know, it's it usually is the, the vague idea of I would like to dance or I would like to become more flexible. But I think that's also the beauty of um, these private intimate lessons is because as a teacher, um, so first and foremost, I like to be um, just a person, you know, I, li- I like to be a human being that's, that's talking to you and, and getting to know you. But then I have that um, teacher instructor lens underneath that where as you're talking, I can start to pick up on things like, oh, I work an office job, so I can tell we're going to need to look, work on some posture, you know? Yes, because yeah. people are slumped in front of their Absolutely. keyboards all day long, yeah. giving themselves carpal tunnel. Yeah, or I have five, six children at home. I can guess that you're probably going to be experiencing mm. a little bit of stress. So maybe maybe gotcha. we, need to, we need to work on um, some some things for stress management. Or, I see. Or simple things like that. Or I'm a runner, you know? Yeah. Knees. Hips, like we're we're gonna we're tightness, gonna work on those just things. tightness in I don't know quads, hamstrings. Yeah. I, I I certainly was tight. Yoga saved my body. Yo- yoga saved mine too <laughs> as a dancer. <laughs> um, yeah, but so the first couple of lessons are are pretty generic because I'm trying to paint this picture of what it is that this person in front of me is, and then from there we can get in into more depth about things that are specific to. To this person. Yeah, once we know the person yeah. on a better level. Absolutely. Well, I, I feel to a certain degree you partially answered this next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is blank verse for and who is blank verse not for? That's a great question. So blank verse in its nature is for those people that um, are either lacking resources to dance or movement education or um, the whether they, they cannot afford it or it's not in their community. So that Blinkverse is really for, for people that would fall into that category. However, um, Blinkverse's classes are open to anybody and everybody. So please come, Blinkverse. Um, <laughs> little plug for myself, even though this whole thing is about Blinkverse. I'll just keep saying it. It's one big plug. <laughs> it sure is, and I love that. Um, yeah, but but we we really are are for everybody, and we want to be able to serve everybody. So when when we're taking um, like workshops or, or performances on the road, that is where we really focus on those communities that cannot um, that do not have access to to these things. But in our studio location, we use that kind of as a hub for the community around mm. us locally, which that is really open to anybody to come to. Okay. Okay. Is there anybody blank versus not for? No. <laughs> so blank for, I was going to say sad people, but we love sad people too. So come on over if you're feeling sad and we'll, yeah. we'll help you out. Well, but, there's certain psychology which indicates yeah. that if you're sad and depressed that you should smile because Absolutely. your body yeah. will lead your mind or lead your emotions. Yeah. Um, you know, 
kind of a chicken and egg type of a situation. Yeah, you know, if I sure. start smiling, if I'm depressed, I actually start to cheer up. You can't help it. I know. I know. You know? Yeah. And, I, and I've been there before. And and then I know what I need is to be around people that are going to, to help me to like spark that joy or, you know, remember right, why right, life right. is good. So yeah, yeah. If you're feeling sad, please come and see me. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's will, important. She, she will cheer you up by having you move your body in delightful <laughs> ways. Yes. Well, let me ask, I think you've also partially answered this one, but let's expand. Are there continents or countries where you've borrowed material that is now a part of Blinkverse? Interesting. Material as in... I don't know, moves? Okay. Dances? Um, Yeah, so (laughs) dances... Dance is an interesting thing, um, often seen as like a universal language, right? Everybody can can move in some ways. So anytime you watch a dance, I think that it is in the eye of the audience what it is that they're going to see, mm. you know? So you might see something that um, reminds you of a time that you were strolling the streets of Rome, you know? Okay. And just like a, a way that somebody's walking or you'll you'll see a movement that just reminds you of of being at the beach in Mexico. I don't know. So I don't specifically think about, um, like cultures that have, um, impacted my movement. However, I know that I have definitely taken from, from my own personal experiences and my own travels. So I'll remember, we'll go back to that Mexican beach. Um, I I remember being on a beach and how that can, can feel. And I'll remember the things that I see around me. And then those things help to inspire my movements. So it's not a, an exact uh, stealing or borrowing situation, right, right, right. but it, yeah. it's more about the essence of, of what it is that I am, I'm feeling that I will then incorporate into movement. What, what I'm hearing is, is that maybe you're conveying an emotion. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that if you were super happy when you were walking the streets of Rome, mm-hmm. then maybe there's something about that that's I don't know, especially Italian or Roman that you're you're yeah. bring, you're bringing in an emotion to people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so I think that that's a, a great way to put it. So yeah, it is. It's really about about that emotion. It's about that essence of of where it was that I was. In time and space. Okay. And I guess I was also thinking in terms of, I don't know, Vienna Waltz mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe a particular Japanese style yeah. of dance. Are you, are you incorporating things from other cultures along those lines? So again, uh, contemporary dance is already like a... Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm mishmash, mishmash, like black hole of everything. So okay. if, if you think about... Um, just ballet, modern dance, those two things have already taken from so I many see. different They're kind elements. of the, the uh, supreme pizza dance. Sure, yeah, that, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So, um, I mean, modern dance has, has um, origins that are in, like, African dances and um, tribal dances from Native Americans. So okay. th- those things are, are already hybrids of movement. Oh, okay. And so if I'm taking anything from modern dance... I'm consequently taking things from those cultures as well. So it's it's really interesting that, that you get to see that sort of funnel effect that, that modern dance has. And then choreography, if you're going to take it um, even further, choreography you're now taking from contemporary dance and putting all these things together, and then you're bringing in something new, such as that essence of emotion that you mm. felt in this place. So it really is 
I yes, I'm stealing all the time. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that's what T.S. Yeah. Eliot, the famous American and British poet, said. He said, "Immature poets borrow, yeah, and mature poets steal." Yeah. Okay. I mean, why reinvent the wheel? <laughs> right. Right. It it works. Right. Exactly. Right. Um. Yeah. And so I think that as a a choreographer, I might be talking about a little bit of a different subject here, but as a choreographer, you do pick and choose, and a lot of it is. How are you going to put it in order? Yeah. I'm kind of under the belief that not every... There's nothing really new to add to the world. Yeah. But there's different orderings that you can do. Yeah, I'm going to change my mind and say that we're constantly reinventing the wheel. But that's good because if we don't get the same wheel, then it doesn't roll. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see this with stories, that stories have a familiar pattern. You know, some people would point out, for example, the hero's journey, or there's... Aristotle has got a five-part model for how tragedy works. And, sure. and jokes can have a certain structure. And in music and songs, I think people have figured out that every single melody that can possibly be constructed, mathematicians have worked it out, they've pretty much already been done. So if you hear a modern yeah. song, and if it reminds you of something Mozart did, there's probably a reason for yes. that. Yes, yeah. So we, we really actually are reinventing the wheel but maybe we're doing it for a new generation. Right. And you can also think about it like color mixing or something. You have red, you have blue, you mix them together, they make purple. But then it's about the ratios. How much red are you going to add? How much blue are you going to add? And then you get the different shades of of something that's new. You know? I love that. That's a really good analogy. Thanks. I just thought. (laughs) Super clever. Yeah. Impromptu. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay, now... I'm also kind of thinking about the people coming into Blink first when I ask this next question. Okay. Uh, how important is just your general level of fitness? So it is, um, it's, it's not important in the sense of you don't need to be at a specific level, but I think that what is important is that you know where you are. Mm. So if you are not very fit and you you don't live a very active lifestyle that is 100% okay okay but you just need to know that about yourself that way you know how that way I can know how to help you if If I'm I don't know say I'm 75 years old and Mm -hmm. I'm quite stiff but I can still do some flowy movements yeah then I can come on in you can come on in um I think that it's it's important of course um as, as the director let me know. Right now it's small. I'm pretty much the only person that's there. So if we expand, things might change. But um, when we expand, things might change. <laughs> that's right. That. Um, but yeah, because I, I have in the past um, worked with people that have very limited mobility. And I have done full classes where people are sitting in a chair. So there, there are options and there are modifications to almost everything. But it's just important that I am on the same page as you are and that we we work together i love that i just i did a lot of p90x earlier in Mm -hmm. life and uh the gentleman who does p90x tony horton would always say modify 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 and when you're doing p90x there's the instructor and then he would have his four students in the back and three of them are just going you know hardcore and then the one in the lower left corner or whatever was modifying yeah and just showing you how that works and so just i guess there's really no reason to not do blank first right yeah i mean there's always something that you can do you know even if it's just coming in the door like that is a 
a great step, you know. Half of the battle is is arriving at the <laughs> at the right, place that you're going right. to do. Now, and what if I'm going to be there for the next six months? I'm just going to come every single week or every mm-hmm. every other day or just however we set things up. Then do I need to start considering what do I do in terms of my general level of fitness and or nutrition? Do I need to think about these things? Um, I, I think, again, it, it comes down to the individual. Um, do you have specific goals in mind? Do you have um, just... Do you want to improve your your lifestyle? If if you want to improve your lifestyle, I think it's always important to be mindful about what it is that you're doing in every walk of your life. Be that spiritual, mentally, like emotionally. All these things are really important. And um, you can't just work on one thing and hope that that changes everything. everything, Right? Yeah. If you're simple, if you're trying to lose weight, you cannot just exercise. Right. So much about it is nutrition, right? Um, the whole premise of losing weight is calories. So less calories, less weight. That's, that's right. kind of how it works. So right. um, if you're still continuing to eat the same amount, but you're not like thinking about changing that, then you're probably not going to see a very good weight right. loss. Right. You know? It's pretty hard to just work one pedal on the organ. Right. Exactly. Um, there's the organ has multiple pedals and keys, and we have to ultimately think about all of them. Right. But we just start in one place, and that mm-hmm. one place is Blinkers. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and again, that's the, the biggest step is just taking a step. You okay. Know? Okay. I have, uh, I guess, two more questions on this particular sure. theme, and uh, you can... Do them in either order you like. Okay. So I guess one question is, what should I have asked about kind of the direction of Blink First that, or, or just any aspect of Blink First that I haven't? And then the other question is, suppose we just time travel and we're going to hop ahead to five years from now. Mm. Where is Blink First five years from now? Okay. You can pick either question. Great questions. I will try my best to approach both of those. So... First of all, um, Blink versus uh, still in a state of rebuilding. We have amazing goals in mind, but the process of getting there is something that we have uh, just continued to to refresh and revamp. And right. um, again, and, and trial we were all era. socked in the face yeah, with this pandemic. Exactly. So yeah, you throw a whole pandemic in there, and and we have no idea what way is up. But <laughs> five years from now. I think that um, Blinkverse wants to be active in our community. We want to have weekly classes with people that are coming in and really building a community there. And outside of that, we have um, this vision of creating, I'm I'm calling them spiritual retreats, where we collect a um, group of dancers. I don't know how many yet, but five to 10 dancers. And we actually take those dancers to a location where people are not having access to to dance and movement education. So we want to have it be a place where, or a time where those um, dancers can can grow spiritually in their faith. So Bible studies and um, just praying together, but then also having that group impact another community and then having that community impact us as well. So again, I do have a lot of inspiration from Junto's Collective, um, but we are just taking it a, a little step in into that faith uh realm I, I, I gotcha yeah and um so we want we want to be having maybe an annual one to start with um 
but in five years, who knows? Like anything is possible. Um, yeah, so we want to have those regular classes. And those regular classes, that, that Blink First location really does help to support what it is that we want to do. So funds for nonprofits do not just come out of the sky. We do, we do need funding, and uh, we appreciate donations. But those, those weekly classes are, those rates are what supports the work that is what Blink First is truly about. That's great. That's just absolutely great. So maybe in five years, Blank Burst will have multiple chapters or it will have created mm-hmm. uh, similar entities to Blank Burst. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sky is really the limit right now. So okay. <laughs> we, we are open to, to working. Um, I have been talking with uh, many dance colleagues and... Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of um, support, which is just really encouraging to hear. And I think people need something like this. Oh, for sure. You know? I mean, you just, you'll make so much more progress with having yeah. these mentors. Absolutely. Mentor apprentice. I mean, mm-hmm. and then you can mentor people who are younger than you. Absolutely. And then old people who are older than you can mentor you. It's yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Are there any other benefits to a participant being in Blink Burst that we haven't addressed? Oh, I think it's, it really is just about that um, understanding. So there are so many benefits. If you are a person that does not understand dance or does not understand um, movement, I think that you are going to get an education if you go there, right? Um, I come from a a family that, I'm the only dancer in my family. Mm. So um, (laughs) having that experience, I have been able to educate my family um, about dance and, and what that is and the importance of art and what that plays into our lives. Um, so that, that in itself is, is a great thing that you can, you can get out of, um, bling first and just continuing to, to know more. Um, there's also just the, the feeling of, um, if you're going to donate the feeling that you are a part of something that is helping others to receive education like this as well. So there, there are so many, <laughs> so many benefits to, to being a, a participant in Blink First. But. Well, and as the community grows, that will substantially change people's yeah. lives because that's what communities do. Absolutely. So that's, that's so true. Okay. Uh, do you have thoughts on marketing Blink Burst, on getting the word out to people, either with um, paid advertising mm-hmm. or with social media, which is hopefully mostly free advertising? Yes. So we have a Facebook page. Blink First <laughs> is the name of that Facebook page. And um, we we try our best to keep it updated and, and share posts and, and everything like this. I think that we have close to 300 followers. I think we're at like 275, which wow. small, but you know, we're, yeah. we're, we've got some reach out there. But you know, all the people who have 30 followers are looking at you and saying 300. That's true. How do I get 300? I know, I know. So we, we have, um, actually been interested in, in what it would be like to expand our social media presence a little bit. And I've done some personal research and I've also reached out to, to some friends that are better at this than I am. Cause quite frankly, it is not my skill set to, to promote, um, anything. So this has been a, a big learning curve for me. Um, but, uh, Facebook has been a, a great place just for information for people to come and look. We have a website as now it's blinkverse.net. And that's another good platform for us to just share schedules or, or any upcoming events that we're thinking um, are going to happen. 
And Instagram as well has been another platform that we've used. As far as paid advertising, Facebook does run um, a couple of, of paid advertisements. And we, we tried that um, a couple of times. And we found some success, but, but nothing that was like... Exciting. Nothing that was exciting. Yeah. So beyond that, we haven't done any paid advertising. I myself have walked around with some flyers and like posted them at local coffee shops. And um, we have some business cards, which I'll, I'll just keep in my wallet at all times. So some handouts like that. But um, yeah, we're still, we're still working, yeah. working on that marketing. So. Which I think that's just what you have to do. Yeah, That's absolutely. just my understanding is you make a good product and they yeah. say like how the product is king yeah. or the service is king. And then the platform, just getting it out there, is queen. Yeah. And you definitely need a king and a queen. Yeah, this and is it, true. And it sounds like you're working very hard yeah. at the and whole thing. I mean, this this we we did at the the inception of Blink first, but um, my husband has a, a good friend that is a um, he designs things, so he did our logo. His name is Silas Williams, and since we had that logo, I first of all am just in love with the logo. I think it captures what Blink first is about. It's this eye that also has a tear on it, oh. and it's not meant to be something that's sad. It's meant to be something that just expresses emotion, right? Tears so, of joy. Tears of joy could be tears of sadness, but tears of joy, you know, it's, it's just about that, that feeling. So I love it. And that's just been like a great, now that we have an image, it's just been an, an easier way to, to continue, um, with marketing. Yeah. Well, you're a lifelong learner. Um, I think we've already established that you've got degrees, you mm -hmm. read books, you travel the world. So I, I would like to ask just, uh, how do you learn more about dance? There are, we are in the, the age of information, you know, well, that we're still in the age of information. The internet is a great tool. Um, right now, especially, there are companies all across the world that have websites and they keep their records of like past performances and everything accessible on their website. So you can go to almost any dance <laughs> company website local to your community would be cool. Support them. And just watch some some stuff. Mm. And I mean, watching you're you're going to be learning something <laughs> just just through through seeing. Um, if you want to learn more about how to dance, again, like check out your your community um, and and take an open class. I think that for me, I have always been a person that um, there's different styles of learning. I have always been a hands-on learner. So getting myself in the studio and actually trying things is how I I best learn. <laughs> uh, but Again, watch, learn, um, read. Reading is great too. Um, there's so much about dance history. If you're if you're wanting to learn dance history, just Google dance history. Wikipedia is a great place to start, and then from there, just see what captures your interest and go to the library and pick out a book. Or, yeah, another good thing to say is talk to a dancer. So mm, find yes. a dancer. I can almost guarantee that everybody within their reach knows a dancer whether that be somebody in their immediate reach or a friend of a friend you know just because yeah that i there's there's many of us out there <laughs> yeah you <laughs> there's might more think, than what you think you so. might think they're invisible but they're there <laughs> yeah absolutely so Pe people want to dance they yeah do. 
talk about it, read about it, watch it, do it. Um, the, just be, be proactive about it, I guess. Is, okay. Is the best thing. Let me ask the exact same question for yoga. Okay. How do you learn more about yoga? Because you have, you've taken a colossal number of hours. Yeah. So, um, again, <laughs> it, it is really the, the same thing. So yoga, yoga is about the practice itself. So um, a lot of people are intimidated by yoga because they say, oh, I'm not flexible. I can't tell you how many times I hear that as the the one reason for not trying yoga. That's the um, number one thing people say? That's the number one thing that I personally have heard. So wow, that's why I started it. I ran 24 marathons. Yeah. And then somebody said, oh, you should do P90X. There's this thing called yoga. And honestly, I had no idea what that even was. Wow. I, I thought it might be like ballet. Okay. I, I really <laughs> didn't have the slightest clue. And so, but I was committed to doing P90X no matter what. Sure. And I just wasn't going to skip any of the episodes. There's like 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. And so you do this for 90 days straight. And so day one was weightlifting, familiar with that. Day two was jump training, oh, which I yeah. absolutely had no idea what that was mm-hmm. uh, because they called it plyometrics. So now I know plyometrics means jump training. Yeah. Um, and then the next day was more weightlifting, and then the next day was yoga. And yeah. I, I just popped in the DVD, and I, I literally had no idea wow. what was going to happen. Yeah, and I bet you learned a lot, right? I, I just learned so much yeah. in those 90 minutes. It was just unreal. And uh, as, as a runner, especially somebody who was completely stiff, mm-hmm. I really immediately just saw the benefits. Yeah, yeah. And just, and just grew to love it. Yeah, and... I think that um, in some ways you are out of the ordinary. You are appreciating the challenge of that. I think that a lot of people don't want to to try or be confronted with the fact that they can't do something. Mm. So um, yoga is is something that is going to be a continuous practice. So you never really arrive at this is the end. And that oh, goes for, sure. for dance as well. For so, sure. Because um, you'll never have a truly perfect movement. Exactly. Unless exactly. you're Michael Jordan. <laughs> Maybe. I wonder if he did yoga. Barishnikov. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty close. Um, yeah, so I think that, um, again, it, it's just important. If you want to learn more about yoga, just give it a try. I would say keep all of your, your past thoughts or your mis, probably misconceptions about yoga um, at the door and just have an open mind and try it. Because yeah. there, it's, it's strengthening, it's relaxing if you feel stress, like that it's it's amazing <laughs> uh stretching there, there's just it's it's very well-rounded and also i think it helped me get comfortable with failure mm-hmm. in the rest of my life p90x in general did that for me yeah. but yoga they would say do this posture and then i would realize i can't do that posture yeah and then i would think well you know what i'm just going to do the sloppiest version of this that any human has ever seen and it's perfectly fine there was one particular move called the crane which Uh you are your feet are off the ground and you are your hand your palms are on the floor and you are balancing your knees on top of your elbows and honestly it took me a year to get to one second on this. And then somebody came over and they pointed out that my form was wrong. And then that day I got to seven seconds. And I, I was just so thrilled. Yeah. I, I was just in absolute ecstasy. And pretty soon I was able to do it for like 30 or 40 seconds at a pop. That's awesome. Things just took off. But, you know, my, my attitude was constant dripping, wears away stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I do this for a whole year and if every single time I trip over myself, 
eventually this is going to happen. Sure. And it yeah. did. Yeah. It actually happened. Yeah. So I think it's about that persistence of, of yeah. trying. And I think, yeah, it, it really does build humility, which I think is all of my favorite people possess that trait. So <laughs> I just decided that the real failure was to not try. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the failure was not falling over and having to like pry my face off the carpet. The real failure was just not trying. Yeah. So Absolutely. Just kind of, yeah. Um, okay, so in life, who are your role models? I, I really um, look up to my parents a lot, so both of them. Um, my dad and my mom are very different people, but um, they, are, <laughs> they have one of the like, strongest rock-solid marriages that I, I have ever seen. Um, my dad is a businessman he runs his own company and he is also a full-time pastor which is just a lot of that's things. a lot so he he essentially has has two full-time jobs and then he's a dad i have um there's four kids in the family so he's a dad of four all of us are full grown now he's now a grandpa um yeah he's a husband so he he just does a lot and um he he has been just such a, a good spiritual leader for my family. He's always um, made sure that we we were focused on what was right and helped us prioritize from an early age the important things, such as our personal relationships um, with God, but also our family is is important, and then everything else comes after that. So I I just have always <laughs> looked up to him as that spiritual leader that I, I can just follow after. And then my mom as well. Um, she, she has also just been a, a great rock for me. Um, she is the creative side of my family. So I know that's where I kind of get that. Okay. Drive. So she's all about, um, like colors and, and combinations of, of patterns and things. And she's a, a brilliant writer as well. She does, um, short stories and, and things like this. And, um, so I've just always uh, loved her, her personality and her outlook on life. Um, she has one of the most generous hearts um, that I've ever ever witnessed before. So um, she will, she is truly to the core a mom. So whether it's her own kids or anybody else off the street that walks up to her, she's like, I will take care of you. So I <laughs> I love her her um, innate hospitality that she just has within her. And of course, she's she's got a heart of a servant. So yeah, I would say that they're they're honestly my biggest role models in life, my parents. That's so. beautiful. Do you have a, uh, I guess I have hundreds of role models. Mm -hmm. So do you have a role model who is particular to dance? Particular to dance? Um, I... As I've never been somebody that like really idolizes professionals. Mm. Um, I see people that I really appreciate, and I, I like their their artwork and everything. But I have always seen it as an an individual profession, you know. And I definitely feel inspiration from like some of the great dancers of the world, like uh, Drew Jacoby and. Um, I I like tall dancers. <laughs> so, I will say that because I'm very tall. I, I, I sense uh, like when I see somebody that is tall and knows how to like work their, their limbs well, um, that's something that really inspires me. So yeah, I would, I would say Drew Jacoby is a really tall dancer and um, I guess I would look up to her for, for that regard. Um, but yeah, out, outside of that, there's nobody 
quite like that, um, that, that I look up to. There's some, yeah, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay. But. Okay. Are there particular yoga instructors or practitioners who function as a role model for yoga? For yoga? Um, yeah. So I have, um, <laughs> and so I just took her class for the first time. And she is actually also a very good friend of mine, which is, is funny. And she is also a brilliant dancer, like very brilliant dancer. So she's very well-rounded. She's got the multi She's got it all going on. Yeah. yeah. She's a, a pretty huge presence in KC um, in both dance and yoga. Um, but her name is Caroline Dom. And I took her class for the first time almost just a week ago. And mm. I already know that she's somebody that I just... The way that she talks is just inspiring. And yeah, so I, I love her class and I really do. And I told her that like, this is the best yoga class I've taken in a very long time. So um, yeah, she's really cool. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and That's a good great. friend. I Yeah. What does she say? I mean, you, you said she just says things that are inspiring. Can you just give us one little nugget? Uh, one little nugget? No, but I can tell you just the overall... <laughs> the overall... <laughs> way that her class is it just is seamless and you feel without her really saying that today the theme is this you get the overall feeling that just the entire class is connected so from beginning to end it's just this seamlessly thing that has been like orchestrated so beautifully and you just feel so connected in in your body afterwards it's like a symphony it is she has created a symphony of movement so (laughs) it's beautiful yeah um okay from all of this from i guess from traveling from yoga from dance from teaching what have you learned about human nature i have learned that we are all searching for some sort of connection um and I think it all just depends (laughs) that connection that we find. Everybody's going to find it at some point, but if you find it in the wrong way, it can be really hard to continue to move forward with things. So I, I think that it's really important to feel like you are supported um, because people, people are fragile, more fragile than most pe- most of us would, would ever admit. Oh, I think so. I think there's kryptonite all over the place. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, people need to be loved, people need to be supported, and um, people need to be recognized. Um, and I don't mean like, here's a, a gold medal for you, but they need to be acknowledged in the fact that here you are, you are a person that's standing in front of me, and I'm not going to look past and ignore you. you know? Right. A so. smile might mean more a, than yes. a trophy. Absolutely. And oftentimes it does, yeah? I mean, what are you going to do with a trophy? You sit it on your shelf and it gets all dusty, but a smile is something that impacts your entire day. And oftentimes that just continues to grow. And then you smile at people, so there becomes this chain. You can't just mass, like, produce, well, you can, trophies. <laughs> For that matter, <laughs> yeah. just, like, walk around giving out trophies. That's not the same thing. <laughs> I, that's, that's how I ran marathons. At the end, they gave me a shiny medal, and I've got all... 48 of them on a nail in my house, uh, just one big pile of medals. Yeah. And uh, anytime I ran a marathon, maybe 20,000 other people got the exact same yeah. medal. Yeah, I was a competition dancer when I was growing up. And so there's still to this day, I think in my parents' basement, I don't know if they've ever um, moved them, but I have this just box of these trophies. And 
right now I look at them and I, I just, I don't, they're not something that makes me feel right. fulfilled, you know? Right. Um, it, it's a memory for sure. And it, it gives like a, a validation that you did this, but at the same time, if those were to go away, I would, I would not miss them at all. So it's, it's, it's just different. So I, I say go out there and cheer somebody up today because yeah. uh, the ultimate story I ever heard on this was from a friend named Erin. And what mm-hmm. she said was, is that she in high school was just this bright, cheerful person. And she said at her 10 year reunion, somebody came up to her and said, you know, one day I was walking down the hall and you smiled at me very, very brightly. And uh, that was the reason I did not commit suicide that day. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking, wow, okay, this this Aaron friend that I have does have a million watt smile, <laughs> but she means it sincerely. Yeah. And I thought, well, if anybody's going to save somebody's life with a smile, it would probably be Aaron, but you just never know. Right. You just yeah. never know what the other person is going through and how you can cheer them up. And so Absolutely. Just, just a good story. Um so, okay, I want to ask maybe a few questions about time, money, and managing sure. Blink Burst. And so you could project ahead if you really feel like it's on this. So, like, let's say we are at five years from now okay. and Blink Burst is, is running. Um, ideally speaking, how would you be making time for Blink Burst? Yeah, so um, right now I'm, I'm still operating myself as a, a freelancer. So I take gigs here, gigs there, whatever I can get to fill, fill my schedule and, and make something, you know. <laughs> and eventually I can foresee myself um, transitioning into having Blink First be a little bit more full-time. Mm. And this also, I might be going on a little bit of a tangent, but something that I'm pursuing personally is a degree in social work. Yeah. And so I envision having um, dance therapy be something that is possibly involved in Blink First. I, I'm just getting all of these like little, I'm putting these feelers out there and it's something that I, I know would be beneficial um, and be, be able to be helpful to, to our community and um, communities elsewhere as well. So yeah, I if I were to get my degree and um, figure out how to make that into something Blink First related, then that would 100% become something that is full-time for me. Gotcha. And then money. Mm-hmm. How will uh-huh. Blink First have money so that it can function <laughs> as a nonprofit? Yes. So donations are, are very, very important for Blink First to operate. Um, right now we have our space very generously um, through ETC Institute again. Um, so that, that's something that is, um, taken care of, but we have needs if we're ever going to do those, um, retreats that I had talked about previously, we need (laughs) funding for airfare. We need funding for, um, potential rights to use like specific choreography and just all of these like little things that add up. I mean, supplies like paper towels or (laughs) something that you need. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely are always seeking new fundraising opportunities and um, trying to get people that would be generous on their time to become monthly donors, even if that's just like $10 a month, because mm-hmm. really little bits add up to yeah. a lot of it. Oh, for you know? sure. For <laughs> so, sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. Um, hypothetical question. Mm-hmm. Suppose a wealthy benefactor came along and said, I just really believe in you, Emily, and I believe in blank verse. Here is $5 million. Wow. But you have to spend 90% of it on blank verse. No problem. <laughs> okay. What do you do with it? I mean, specifically. Yeah. So, um, 
I'm going to take out all obstacles in my life right now for this $5 million. And I'm going to go back to a vision that I had in Panama a couple of years after I um, taught my first like VBS class there. Um, I was sitting in a church and I might have shared this on a different podcast as well, but I was sitting in a church and I just got this like such clear vision about this performing arts school being um, built up in the rainforest. So I would go with that $5 million and I would build this school in the rainforest and then I'd move there and, and everything like that. So this is in a dream world. Um, but realistically, I think that I, <laughs> I would maybe um, another dream that I've had is to get some sort of like bus and then take people on like this cross country road trip and just go to communities that are just out of that, out of reach of so many people and have like performances that are um, just set up in local parks or something where people can come and just watch dance and, and be together. So maybe I'd do both of those things. I'm not quite sure. I'm glad you have the idea because you know, you just never know. You may run into somebody for whom $5 million is nothing. Yeah. Or it could be that six months from now, Blink Verse is, is quite larger. And then two years from now, Blink Verse is quite larger than that. Sure. And you just never quite know where things can go with something along those lines. Right. I mean, there's always that person who makes that one YouTube video that gets 2 million views, but then there's also the person, I guess Dave Ramsey's kind of a good example of this. My understanding is, is that, okay, his net worth, last time I looked it up, is something like $55 million. That's a lot of dollars. But he was broke and in debt at a certain point, and he, I think, started doing some financial counseling mm -hmm. for free with his card table and his chairs in his living room. And I think they didn't make a nickel for about the first seven years. Hmm. He was making money in different ways. And then all of a sudden, boom, I guess you have maybe the Oprah effect or something where yeah. we're just either it can build slowly or it can build quickly, but you never know. In five years, you might be in Panama right. with your five million. Yeah, yeah, so. that's so true. Oh, I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait for that day. Just kidding, but that would be kind of cool. I want to ask a few questions about the creative life. Sure. Um, I, you seem to be a very creative person to me, and if somebody else wanted to be more creative, what would you suggest? Um, so creativity is a practice, right? So you can't just, again, wake up and say, I'm going to be creative today. Well, you, you can try, but... <laughs> you can luck. try. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think that it's about doing something every single day. And there's this great book called The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. And I, I read it a number of years ago, but it's a great resource if you're just searching for something to say, I want to make creativity a habit because that's really something that, that it is. Creativity, if you want to, to pursue it, again, it has to be a discipline like we went to at the beginning of this, this conversation. It's got to be a discipline. It's got to be something that you do every single day. So finding ways to even do that within your normal um, schedule. I mean, you wake up, you make breakfast, maybe, <laughs> and I'm just thinking about something that I saw on Instagram. I don't remember who it was, but they had this piece of toast. But then they created, like, with the toppings of the toast, like, a beautiful picture, you know? You got a slice of avocado, you turn it into a caterpillar with, like, some um, blueberries or something like that, and it becomes a picture. You're going to eat it anyway, so you might as well just use that as, as a time to, to be creative about it. A little it, practice. You know? Yeah, exactly. Just to play. Just mentally yeah. to play. And 
I think that's, yeah. And that's what creativity is. It's about seeing things in a different way and then act on that. Yeah. Is it toast or is it art? It, it's both. Why it's not? Both. Why it's not? Both. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, Eat yeah. your masterpiece. Like <laughs> Make use of what's around you. Right. It's beautiful. Um, you've also, I think, consistently challenged maybe some more either conventional ideas or standard ideas. You know, for example, there's just a lot of people who have never left the country mm -hmm. and you were willing to do that. And then there's maybe a bunch of people who thought, you know, I, I would like to be a professional dancer, but they never tried to do that. And here you put in two decades of work into this. I think since you were five, mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Four. Four. Okay. But so yes. more than <laughs> Pretty two, much. 21 Pretty years of work. Ooh, yeah. I just think this is amazing. I just think that for a person to say, I'm going to travel to multiple countries and figure out a way to do this. And I'm going to practice dance assiduously for this long. I just think that that's really, really amazing. If somebody else wanted to do something that was out of the norm, mm -hmm. What advice would you give them? Um, I, so the, one of the things that just makes everything possible is having support. Um, it's, it's definitely possible to do things on your own, but it is so much more work to do things on your own. Mm. So I am very blessed to have a family that supports me and, um, helps me to logistically work out like what, <laughs> what plans I might, I might have, like, say I want to go and teach this thing in Panama, they're going to help me to get to Panama and be there with me when I need like a glass of water. You know, it's the little things like that, you yeah. know, um, and, and they're going to be there. So having support around you, I think is really important. And again, the, the one of the premises of Blink First is building that community. So mm. being together, drawing inspiration from each other, drawing that encouragement from each other, that that's going to help. Um, so if you're going out and trying to do something out of your norm, um, talk to people, even if they don't end up going with you on whatever great venture that you're, you're on, get, get input from people because that's how you learn is, is from other people's experiences. What have they done? What do I want to take from that? Or what did they fail at? And then I can try something different, mm. you know? So I think that would be my biggest advice is to just learn, yeah. <laughs> learn before you do and learn as you do. Well, I'm also just hearing get to the root cause, which is relationships sure. that if you really want to do something that's out of the norm, like leave the country for yeah. a while, um, you need that support. So yeah. if you lack that support, well, then that's the root cause. We right. have to work on our relationships. We have to build those up. We have to find out who is sympathetic, who's helpful, and uh, maybe who's antagonistic and unhelpful. Right. We just have to figure these things out. Yeah. Now, I think another aspect of the creative life or the unconventional life is just using stress as a tool, hmm. as a constructive tool. Um, what are your thoughts on stress? Good stress, bad stress, managing stress, just yeah. stressing yourself as a challenge? Just whatever direction you want to take this. Yeah. Well, I think that everybody operates with some level of stress. If you are completely stress-free, I don't. I don't think you're doing it right. You're not trying. You're on <laughs> yeah. the couch watching your 18th episode of Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so there, there's definitely. Um, I, I'm somebody that actually thrives on stress. 
If I do not have a lot of things going on, I find that I become self-destructive in some ways. Mm. So you'll, I, you'll create stress for yourself. I, I do. You'll create negative stress. Yeah, and I, I'm impressed with the amount of stress that I can create myself. It, it's it's a lot. So You're highly I, creative. I I guess so, yeah. So always, always finding Let's ways. blow up things. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. Honestly, I, I just I apologize for interrupting, That's but just okay. one day I was teaching high school after about, I don't know, 14 years of teaching high school. And it just struck me. I, I was just, people were complaining about these teenagers creating all this drama. Mm-hmm. And one day it just hit me like a lightning bolt. They're bored. Yeah. If they weren't bored, because I, there were two kids in class and one of them was involved in about four different things. Yeah. And this one kid was happy and productive. And then the next kid wasn't involved in too much of anything other than everybody else's love triangles. Yeah. And yeah. I, just realized this kid is bored. Yeah. And I hate to compare children to animals, <laughs> but I will because my my um, dog Doris is the light of my life. I really love her. Um, but when she is pacing around, that stresses me out. I, I do not like that. You experience that. Right, 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 actually. right. Um, but when she does that, oftentimes it is because she's bored. And so you have to occupy yourself and I throw her a toy. She's fine. So it, in, I think in the same ways it works for me, where if I have nothing going on, I have to create something for my, right. my brain to work on. Right. Otherwise, I, I can't sleep at night. I haven't right. done anything during the day. I can't, I can't nearly imagine resting because nothing has been done, you know? So, so, so how do you manage, handle stress? You like good stress. You want to stay away from bad stress. Yeah. How do you manage stress? Um... I try. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. So um, I am nowhere near perfect in my stress management. My husband can attest to that. But um, I, I try my best to find a good balance. And so much of that does come from being physically active. Um, if I am feeling an overwhelming amount of stress, oftentimes I will just literally run away, um, <laughs> run around the block, run around, uh, the yard. Like I, I just have to run because when I'm, st- I, when I'm stressed and I'm stuck in like a little bubble, I got to move. And that, that just helps things to, to release, I guess. Um, so that's a good way. Another way is I, um, get out like something and I, I paint. <laughs> nice. So whether that be um, my walls, right now I've unfortunately covered almost all of my walls, so I'm going to need more surface area. Yeah, it looks soon. way too good in here. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> that was stress. Um, and yeah, or I'll, I'll get like a um, canvas or something and I'll, I'll just paint something. I oftentimes have no idea what I'm painting, but I just need okay. that outlet of getting something and Getting something out and onto another surface, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So th- those are the biggest things. And then, I mean, I love love baking too. So I'll go and make cookies and there's just something um, about mixing dough. It's <laughs> just very therapeutic. I, I'm hearing you pick projects mm-hmm. and you pick positive projects so that you won't pick negative projects. Yes. Yeah, that's good. You know, something else that I think creative people need to understand, maybe everybody needs to understand, is that you just have to accept some chaos and you have to accept some things that you think look like failures. I taught English and people just really hate the whole concept of putting their paper through five, six drafts to get it where it should go. 
And that very first draft, a lot of people didn't want to do that draft in the first place. Uh, but maybe some people are saying, hey, I could accept doing one draft. Sure. But then you say, now polish it. And then they think, I'm thinking about a 14-year-old. They're wondering, aren't you just making me redo something? Yeah. Why are you making me redo something? But just when you start, you may wind up with something that absolutely is not going to resemble the final project. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just any number of authors where they might have had one idea in mind with a book. And then by the time they finish it, it's a completely different book. It literally switched from tragedy to comedy yeah, or from romance to mystery. I mean, it just it absolutely just changes categories completely. Sure. I just feel like people need to accept just a little bit more chaos yeah. on their way to a final product. And, and that chaos is uncomfortable. Sure. That chaos is stressful because is this going anywhere? Is this a failure? Should yeah. I abandon this project? My feeling is no, you should not abandon this project. You should keep going and see where it goes. Yeah. 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 Just my, that's, that's how oh, I'm that's handling great. stress. Yeah. Another um, thing that I just think about, um, so reiterated it a couple of times, but faith is such an important thing for me. And if I don't have that groundedness in my faith, then that's when I, I really start to feel um, that, that stress taking place. So an image that I like to have is um, like an anchor. So if my anchor is, is rooted in God, then I will only be able to go so far, right? When that little tether is cut, then I am off on my own and I don't have that groundedness anymore. So I, I like to keep that anchor because it allows me to to run freely within a safe area. Right, right, that makes right, sense. And right. once I go out of that safety, you know, if you're in the water, those are like the shark infested waters. You don't, <laughs> and I and I feel myself like more vulnerable to, again, that self-destructive um, nature that, that I know that I have and and everything like that. So I, I try my best to keep that anchor uh, grounded. I love how you say that. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. And I'm just not going to add anything to that because you said everything <laughs> so beautifully. I can't paraphrase that in a more eloquent way. So I'm just going to let that, that sit as it is. Well, maybe just one or two last questions. What should I have asked either about blink verse or dance or yoga or the creative life that I just didn't ask. Yeah, well, one thing about um, Blink First is this is just if you have any questions about Blink First, the best thing to do is to check out our website. Um, it's blinkverse.net. Um, you can also email blinkverse at gmail.com. So um, any, any questions at all, if you feel like you just haven't gotten enough information, that is a, a great resource to have. Um, or follow us on Facebook, another, another great thing. Um, yeah, and about dance and yoga, I'll just reiterate it one more time. If you are interested, just go out and learn. Like, get out of your comfort zone. Baby steps and just take it. Yeah. yeah. Or plunge, I guess. Baby steps and baby stumbles. <laughs> baby stumbles, yes. We'll build coordination as we learn. <laughs> Eventually, we'll have an elegant dancing baby. <laughs> It would be great. That would be great. <laughs> my very last question is this. Uh, my favorite question. So you are 100 years old and your husband is holding your hand and you are sitting on the porch just enjoying a beautiful summer day and you are surrounded by children and grandchildren and somebody asks you, Grandma, what are you most proud about regarding Blankfers, 
which is now 75 years old. Actually older since it goes back to when you were 14. <laughs> so it's 86 years old. Oh, what, wow. are, what are you happiest about with this 86-year-old blank person? I think that the thing that I would be most proud of at that point is that I just stuck with it um, because there have been so many times already in its short life that I have been ready to quit. Mm. Um, I've faced a challenge and I said, I have no idea how to do this and I don't have the skills, but I just kept going. Um, Yeah. So I think that is just a, it's been a story of persistence. So I would, I would be, I would say that. Yeah. Emmeline Mishinsky of Blink First. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seemingly Ordinary. The next episode will be on a Tuesday or a Friday. The biggest favor you can do for me would be for you to share this episode far and wide.